This is Photo Biz X, episode number 553. And today we have a million dollar studio owner on the podcast. Her focus is boudoir photography. She does not make the journey sound easier than what it really is, but she shares so much that you will be able to emulate in your own business to help you attract more clients, to get more strategic with your targeting, how to utilize different marketing strategies, how to get larger sales, and how to get more efficient with your workflow and editing. Then, how to scale the whole lot to bring in even greater profits. I'm talking about Liz Hansen, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you build a better photography business, even faster than going it alone. And I know you are going to love what Liz has to share in this interview. We're going to get to it in just a minute. Before we do jump into that interview, if you didn't catch last week's episode with Danielle Hendon, make sure you do get back and have a listen to that one, particularly if you either love numbers or you want to get better about understanding the numbers in your business and what you really need to focus on to become profitable and just as importantly, how to avoid going broke. Danielle has an accountancy and finance background. She shared a ton in last week's episode and I know that you'll love what she had to share if you haven't heard that one yet. We are going to jump straight into this interview today with Liz. I do have a couple of quick things I do want to share with you after the interview. One is the upcoming sales training for photographers course with Audra Harris. If you are struggling to make sales, even after hearing what Liz has to share in today's episode, I know you're going to love that course that's coming up at the end of the month. Plus, I want to share a quick story about a guy that I met on the golf course who sold me on some expensive bicycle wheels. And he did it in such a lovely way that I'm sure you'll be able to incorporate what he did into your own photography business. We'll get into those couple of things after the interview with Liz. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you will not hear the full interview today with Liz. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. The good news, you can access the full interview for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. There are more details about that over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest has a million dollar studio. And she says, having a baby was the hardest thing I've ever done, but having a business is the second hardest. And the third hardest was growing that business. She's been a professional photographer since 2011 and her genre of focus is boudoir. She opened her studio in 2018 and quickly grew it to over a million dollars per year in revenue. And she believes a big part of her success is focusing on same-day sales sessions for her female clients who all receive professional hair, makeup, and lashes. 
She has an all-female staff and she's helped other photographers grow their studio businesses fast and successfully. Based in Chicago, I'm talking about Liz Hansen of Chicago Boudoir and I'm wrapped to have her with us now. Liz, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Hey, it's a pleasure. A million dollar studio, like, is that what you're doing year on year? Done it for three years in a row. I've run my studios my sixth year and I know it sounds a little bit crazy, but my formula is simple. There's 12 months in the year. I shoot about 20 to 21 clients a month at a $4,000 sales average. So 12 times 21 times 4,000 is a million. Now, each of those pieces, you have to put them together. But if you're willing to do that, the math adds up. Okay. I've got to play around with those numbers, but this is a question I have to be very, very specific on with Americans, especially. Do you have any holidays or are you working seven days a week, around the clock, 12 months of the year? Yeah. Americans, we love to work, right? We love it. <laughs> um, I do take holidays. So if you do the math, 21 clients, so 21 clients per month sounds like a lot, right? But I have a system where I only spend three hours per client. So I work most mornings and then I have the afternoon to do other things. I've got two young kids. So if I'm shooting one client for three hours, that's typically from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. So when you can spend that amount of time per client, it becomes feasible. When I talk to photographers, most of them are spending 10, 12, 15, 20, 24, 30 hours per client when they add up the amount of time getting ready for the shoot, doing the shoot, the editing, album processing, all that. I have to say, I do also have some employees. So this isn't just a one-woman show. Tell me about the business. Who do you have in there and what are their roles? So I shoot boudoir and I shoot boudoir exclusively. So I'm sure your listeners know boudoir is a Victoria's Secret style photo shoot experience for the everyday woman. And for me, that includes professional hair and makeup beforehand. So my top line employees that I see every day is my beauty team. I don't do the hair and makeup myself. I hire hair and makeup artists. So they're doing the hair and makeup. Then I do the photo shoot and with the same day reveal, I show unedited pictures after the client chooses their pictures and their products. I send them off to a retoucher. So I'm not doing my own editing. I actually like to edit. I don't mind it, but I don't have, you know, I don't have the bandwidth to do that at this kind of volume. So I send it off to a retoucher. I've got a gal that does my album design and product ordering and I drop ship. So once the client leaves, I'm never really doing anything with the images of their products afterwards. And then I also have a gal who answers the phones for me. So while I'm at the studio shooting, she's sitting at her desk. She's actually remote. But she's doing all the phones, the emails, the texts to keep the studio running. So basically, my role is just the shooting and selling, and I've outsourced everything else. Unreal. So who's doing the marketing? Who's generating the leads? So I do have a marketing team as well who does that. So I've outsourced that. Basically, I've got someone who cleans my house. I've got, <laughs> I have really outsourced everything I possibly can, except for the shooting and selling, which is the part that I really want to do and enjoy doing. So that's where I put my time and my effort and my focus. And I have outsourced really every other piece of the business. So that allows me to work basically that 10 to one, be there with the client. And then I hire out the rest. And of course, with a $4,000 sales average, I have the money to pay people to do that, right? So the only reason I can pay all those outsourced people is because I have a high enough sales average. If you're only making two, three, five, six hundred dollars $600 per shoot, 
you're not going to clear the revenue to pay someone to do the retouching, to pay someone to do the albums on, to pay someone to answer the phones. So that's how it all kind of adds up. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it sounds like a proper business. It's not just you haven't created a job for yourself. I mean, even though you are working in the business, it's a running business. I mean, you could replace yourself with another photographer and go on holidays if you wanted to. I haven't done that yet, but I could, right? Sure, sure. How did you find your way into boudoir? Like, were you photographing families or weddings beforehand? So interestingly, I studied art in college and then started, I'm old enough that when I was in college, digital photography wasn't invented yet. No way. Um, You don't look that old. Oh, well, thank you. That's very kind. But then, you know, digital came around. I started photographing my babies, started taking a few weddings and families on the side, and At a certain point, my husband lost his job and I needed to get like a real job. And I went around and saw, I looked around to see if I could get a photography job. And I landed a job as like a receptionist answering the phones at a boudoir studio. And at that point, I had kind of heard of boudoir, but I thought it was a little weird. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to give this a try. I worked there for a few years and I saw how much women love this experience. I saw women come in and feel transformed and feel confident. And I just fell in love with it. I did my own boudoir shoot and I was like, this is so fun, you know? And um, so I worked there for a few years. Then the owner of that studio decided to relocate to Florida, which is not close to Chicago. And when she relocated, I decided to open up my own boudoir boutique and kind of continue what I'd fallen in love with working at that other place. So that's how I got started. I've been doing that, running my own studio now for about six years full time. I started out doing everything myself, doing all my retouching. And I mean, I started really on a shoestring, kind of trying to figure it out myself. And then as I've grown, I've hired people. So what allowed you to grow? Was it like, did you take the leap of faith and hire other people to help? Or did you raise your prices? Like, what was the stepping stones to get to where you are? Well, the very first step is I did take out a loan for $25,000. Really? Yeah. So I, I really wanted to do this. I really wanted to start my own. So when I worked at, for that other woman, for that other studio, I saw how she was running a profitable studio. And I, I mean, I was the one running the credit cards and everything. So I kind of saw how this was working. And I was like, people are willing to pay luxury prices for boudoir because of what it is. And if you create a good experience, you're selling not just photos and albums, but a moment for someone to feel something. And they are willing to pay for that. And I saw that working at the other studio. So when I opened my place, I knew kind of what was possible, but I didn't have any money. And I didn't have any experience running my own studio. And I rented this tiny little place that needed new floors and So I knew I needed a little bit of money to get started. So I took out that loan for $25,000, which at the time was a massive leap of faith for me. I wasn't quite sure how I was even going to make the payments, but my husband luckily had like a a real job. He had a salary job. So I knew we weren't going to go hungry, but I was basically living off my husband's salary while I got started. The first 19 months in that little studio, I wasn't able to pay myself even $1. I got up and worked every single day full time at that studio and I had some clients and I brought in some money, but every dollar I made, I had to spend to keep the place going. And those 19 months were hard, right? It's hard to wake up every day and work full time and not get paid $1, you know, emotionally, like psychologically, it was sort of hard to keep that energy going. Um, I eventually turned a corner in the sense that like, I got enough kind of people on my email list and people following me on social and processes in place that I could make a repeatable experience be profitable. 
So I would say the number one thing that really helped me go from not being able to pay myself to being able to pay myself was creating a repeatable process in my marketing, my shooting, and my selling so that I knew what would happen. And it wasn't just like a mystery every day when I woke up, like, am I going to be able to get a client or am I going to be able to sell them pictures? Instead, it became really predictable and repeatable. That makes sense. When you took out that loan, was that to finance the lease payments? Was it to buy lights, camera gear, pay for hair and makeup? You know, it was sort of the fundamentals of getting started. I wrote out a spreadsheet and I, I needed, I mean, I needed everything. I had like my old camera, but I needed, you know, something better and a second one. I needed lights. I needed a website. I needed a laptop. I mean, you have to understand. I had nothing. I started from. Right. I had nothing. I really had <laughs> I really didn't because I I had never run a business before and I had only ever taken pictures for the last three years for someone else, right? So I didn't have like my own subscriptions, my own equipment, you know, because the job I had provided all of that. So I really wasn't, it wasn't like I was slowly building my own business and then rented a studio. It was that I was an employee and then went out on my own. And I couldn't bring any of the pictures I'd taken there. So I had no portfolio. I had no followers. I had no domain. I had no experience. <laughs> so the $25,000 I used to renovate the space a little bit, it needed paint and floors and furniture. And then also camera equipment, lighting, laptop software, and then also just a little bit of cushion to pay the rent for a few months because I had no clients. <laughs> Man. So I figured out on paper that I thought that $25,000 could get me through. And I mean, it mostly did. We did rack up some credit card debt getting started for the business, but eventually, eventually turned that corner. And I have to credit some good people in my life who kind of believed in me. I had one family member who she's my aunt and she's amazing. And she just believed in me and kind of kept saying, you can do this. I mean, I couldn't have done it without like some support around me as well. Sure. So how long into that first period did you think, okay, this is going to work? Well, I do remember my very first client coming in and she spent $150. (laughs) And I remember because I wasn't set up right from the get-go. And I remember taking her credit card and trying to put it into the credit card reader. My hand was shaking because I was like, I'm taking money from somebody. What does this mean? And it like I, I just had a really hard time. But I remember when she left and I saw that the credit card had gone through, I remember being like, okay, we did that. We took some money. Now we can go further. So the first few months that I had the studio, I did about 40 free shoots. And I know that sounds crazy, but I invited anyone. I just said, anyone who wants to come in, free photo shoot. If you like the pictures, you can buy them. If not, no problem. Because I needed portfolio images. I had nothing, right? Because I couldn't use any of the things that my employer, because she owned those pictures, right? So I just every day woke up and did a free shoot. Some people bought some stuff. Some people didn't. So overall, was that profitable? When you photographed those 40 women for free, was it overall not profitable? Oh, it wasn't profitable, but it gave me what I needed, which was this. Uh, portfolio images, reviews, and some social proof, right? So those women's, those women that came in, it was a sort of a deal. I'm like, you come in for free, you write me a review, you start following me on the socials, you give me a little video testimonial that I'm not like a crazy person. So you have to understand with boudoir that trust is such a huge issue, right? If you're going to go into a photographer and take pictures of yourself in lingerie or a little bit nude, like you need to 
trust that photographer big time. And if I'm just this rando on the internet with no reviews, no testimonials, no videos, it's really hard to get clients to trust you, right? So one of the reasons I did those 40 free shoots, which was, you know, a ton of work for no pay, was to build a little bit of trust online. I got videos of those women saying, Liz was great. I loved working with her. She didn't sell me into captivity. Um, (laughs) You know, and that's what I needed out of those 40 shoots more than money. If that makes sense. It does. Hypothetical, knowing what you know now, let's say you were going to run a Facebook ad tomorrow for 40 free shoots. Do you think you would still generate a, a 4K average? If I said today, come in for a free shoot. Yeah. And you got to buy what you like. Well, yes and no. I would never do that now, A, because here's the thing with boudoir. I have found that people have to have a little bit of skin in the game to want to do this. I'm not selling a t-shirt or a mug or, you know, I am selling something where the person who's buying the product has to do a lot of work themselves. They have to show up in my studio. They have to get their nails done. They have to be ready psychologically. They have to buy lingerie. Like they have to do actually a lot of work before they can buy my product. So I have found that people typically don't do that work if they haven't paid a session fee, if that makes sense. So by giving me a little bit of money, they have enough skin in the game to like show up and do the things that they need to do so that I can create a product, pictures of them that they can buy. If it's just free, 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 people don't show up. They don't bring their stuff. They don't wash their hair. They don't, you know, they don't, (laughs) they just don't treat it like they should. Right. Right. So what's a session fee today with you? What is the cost? So my full price session fee is $379. I have found that to be enough skin in the game to get people excited, but low enough to get them in the door. My goal is always to get people in the door because I know if I can get them in the door, I can provide an experience they will love and they will buy pictures. I often run discounts on that session fee just to get more people in the studio. I am totally willing to have someone in for 99, 129, 179, 299. You know, I don't care about that session fee. That's not where I'm making my money, but it does create the energy on their end so that they will actually come in, right? Free doesn't do that, you know? So today I wouldn't, and actually I don't really recommend that people do free, free, free. I mean, I would recommend more doing something like this. $99 session fee, which can apply towards digitals or something. If you really want to do a free, but make them give you some money so that they know that this is a business transaction, that you're not running a charity or just doing this for fun. If they give you the $99 and you want to give them back that in value on a collection, like sure. But just when it's free, free, it kind of creates a weird energy, if that makes sense. It does. It does. for sure. And I can see why you did it in the beginning, because you needed to get that kick, that head start. Yeah. And one of the best things I did was to invite hair and makeup artists to come in for a free shoot. You know why? They know how to do hair and makeup and they come looking beautiful. (laughs) So then I didn't have to worry about them looking good for the shoot, right? Because they're not going to do their own makeup bad, right? And that's how I met the hair and makeup artists that I ended up hiring. Right. So... I reached out to hair and makeup artists all over the area on Instagram and on Facebook. And I said, do you want a free shoot? All you got to do is come ready. And of course they come ready and beautiful because they, (laughs) you know, that's their deal. So then my pictures looked like they had professional hair and makeup because they did basically. And then from those women, the ones that I liked working with, I said, hey, do you want a job here working as a hair and makeup artist? Right. So talking about your hair and makeup artist staff now in today's business, are they contractors 
for you or are they employees? So they actually work as 10, we call it a 1099 here in the United States, which is a contractor. And here's why. Almost all of my hair and makeup, well, all of my hair and makeup artists, not almost all, all of my hair and makeup artists take other gigs as well, right? They want to do weddings and other things. I cannot provide them with full-time employment because I only do one shoot a day. So they come, they work for an hour, then they got the rest of the day. They want to go do other work, right? So they have their own business, S-Corp, LLC, whatever. And then I pay them on a contractor basis. And that's their preference as well. And it's not just preference. Like the IRS has rules about how you can pay people. <laughs> sure. But because they take other gigs and work under their own corporation, I pay them as 1099 contractors. And that works well for all of us. Love it. Love it. And then with your, did you say it was, a, I think you said a remote workers answering the phones, doing the reception, that kind of thing. So how does she work as far as a phone number goes? Is that a Google number or is it something that's redirected? So I use a software program called Market Surge, and that is an all-in-one text and email automation service. And it works really, really well for my business for a couple of reasons. Number one, you log into a dashboard and you can see your Facebook messages, your Instagram messages, your emails, your text, and your voicemail all on one dashboard. But you log in through a browser, right? So I can log in and see that. She can log in and see that wherever she is. And actually, she's several states away. She's totally remote, right? So her phone rings or my phone rings, depending on the type of call. So actually, if the person calling has never called the studio before, it goes straight to her phone. If it is a person who has already booked a photo shoot, it comes to my phone. And that's because if I'm sitting in the studio and someone's trying to find the studio, I want them to call me so I can help them get there. The market search program allows us to direct calls in that way. Right. So you tell the program, if you see this number and it's a client who's already booked a shoot, it goes to this phone. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, it's if, this, cool. then, if this, then that. Right. Okay. I love yeah. that. And I can also set up a lot of like, so my phone never rings after 9 p.m. You can tell it not to go straight to voicemail. I can put it on vacation mode where it dumps back to her. So like if I'm on vacation, I want her to get all the calls. You can just toggle things on and off. Yeah. She has to have a phone though, right? Like she just uses her iPhone, you know, like it's not like there's like this only works if everyone has iPhones or yeah. Androids or whatever, right? Okay. Like we're all assuming everyone has smartphones, yeah, yeah. Which, right? Which, which everyone does, but she doesn't need a which separate, everyone does, yeah. she doesn't need a separate Chicago boudoir phone. She can use her own iPhone. Right. It actually works through an app on her phone. So she downloads the Market Search app on her phone. And then when that app rings, it she knows it's a Chicago Boudoir number. And then her phone works regularly elsewhere. You know, she didn't have to buy a new phone, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah. Unreal. Okay. So, so really, it can be just you in your own business and you've got all these remote workers, like, except for the hairdresser and makeup artists. Yeah, everyone else is remote. And in fact, are you familiar with Indeed.com? It's a job posting site in the States here. And I went on there and said, I need a gal who has a lot of photography experience. I didn't say gal. I need a person who needs a lot of <laughs> photography experience and who's good, who wants a customer service job. And she is, she runs a family photography business on the weekends where she takes family photos and she loves photography and she knows how to talk about photography. She didn't know anything about boudoir, but I just you know, got her up to speed on that. And then um, it works great. She has little kids. She wants to answer the phone during the days while our kids are at school. And um, she did her own boudoir photo shoot so that she could speak authentically about it, which is actually really important to me. 
I want anyone, everyone in my business to have done a boudoir photo shoot. So I did free boudoir photo shoots for my hair and makeup artists so that when they're doing hair and makeup for my client, they can speak authentically about it and say, you know, I was nervous too, but let me tell you how it went. And um, I think that's really helped to bring, even though the workers are remote, that they can speak really like from the heart about what I do and my mission. Got it. Got it. I love it. I love it. So tell me, tell me about attracting the clients. I mean, you mentioned, you know, your email list and your socials and how important they are. Uh, I had a bit of a look around. I can see you're running a bunch of Facebook ads. Um, what, what's the, what, you know, what's the main way? Are, are you trying to filter people and get them into a group or are you just trying to get the phone to ring? Or do you want them to take the quiz on your website? Like what's the, which, which alley do you want them to take to book you? My favorite way for people to book, to come in is to come through my VIP group. So I have a Facebook group that I call the VIP group for empowered women of Chicago. If people have come through that group, they tend to be better clients. And here's why that group is a place where people get to know me, like me and trust me and they get warmed up, right? It, it feels like this little corner of the internet where we can talk about boudoir and it's, um, we can talk about People come in and talk about their shoot and why they did it and what it meant to them. And I have noticed that the clients who come through that group, they come to the studio ready for the experience and ready to buy. So I love it when people come through my group. So I, they don't all though, right? So I get about 30% of my clients straight from Google. So that's going to be like my SEO, my Google ads. And that's because people who are looking for a boudoir photographer are often really looking, you know, they're doing research and they're looking for someone. So those, I capture the people who are actively looking for a boudoir photo shoot through Google. Facebook ads and my VIP group is more like, oh my gosh, I'd never thought about that. But now maybe when I see it, maybe I'll consider it. Right. So that's sort of like my warming area. The people who never thought they could do it, but they sit in that group for six months and see all these women and think, Hey, if those people did it, maybe I could too, right? So I get about 30% from Google, about 40% from Facebook, about 10% referrals. You'd think it would be higher. I do find I have a lot of clients who tell no one that they did a boudoir photo shoot, you know, because (laughs) for a lot of reasons, a lot of women don't feel like they can share this. So I do get some referrals, but it's not like I can rely on referrals to run my business, about 10% referrals. And now the remaining chunk I'm filling in with a combination of wedding wire, TikTok, Instagram, the knot, just kind of like people who walk by my studio front and, and scan my QR code, things like that fills up that remaining chunk of where people come in from. Got it. I'm surprised. I, I'm genuinely surprised there's that many women actually actively searching on Google for boudoir. Yeah. And you know what else, though? I also get people searching for anniversary gift from my husband. Um, unique bridal ideas. Um, celebrate my 40th birthday in Chicago. Um, how to, how to um, throw a divorce party. So I get it. People who kind of... <laughs> have like a life moment or experience that they want to celebrate in some way and are looking for like a unique experience. I've noticed a trend since the pandemic. A lot of people are looking for experiences, right? Like kind of over buying the next purse or whatever, but what can I do to feel something, to do something, right? And boudoir, I think in a lot of ways, fills that need to do, it's sort of like going, you know, jumping out of an airplane or like, climbing a mountain or something it's it's unique 
it's memorable, it's personal, and it's something people put on their bucket list and check off. So I do get people aren't always searching boudoir photographer near me. Sometimes they're coming in searching for something to do in Chicago in the winter or things like that. Right. So let, let's say someone, th- th- they were great. They were awesome examples. I love all of those. Uh, you know, how to, how to throw a and you have to understand, This is so different from someone um, looking so, for a family photographer or a wedding photographer, right? Like it's just such a yes. different, like. It, well, because it is an experience. That's why. I mean, I know a family shoot is too, but it's yeah. for a different reason. But but I was going to ask, so let, let's say, um, you know, how to throw a fantastic divorce party. So you, will you have a blog post so that you rank for that or you just use that as a keyword phrase to trigger your, trigger your Google ads or both? You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. So good. So you got drop shipping as well. So do most of the women, do they take a payment plan or they just give you their credit card and swipe away? So I have about 10% of my clients who do what I call in-house financing. I have about 10 to 20% that do something called PayPal or a firm, which is a financing program, but I get my money up front. And then the remainder will just put on a credit card. The people who do in-house financing, this is something that I do that it's real risky. And I probably shouldn't do it, but you know what? I live life a little bit on the edge. This is where I say to the people, you can pay out. You won't get your album or your pictures till it's paid off, but you can make me payments. And I actually don't even charge them interest. I charge them a fee up front to get on a plan. But then if they take six or nine or 12 months to pay it off, I don't punish them for that. They just don't get the album till it's done. Occasionally, do I have people who just fall off and never pay? Sure. They just never get their album. But for the most part, people came in, they want their stuff, they finish their payments. Do I let them sometimes go longer than their contract says? Absolutely. Because people who are on that kind of plan typically don't have a lot of money. And if they had enough money to use PayPal or a firm, they would have. So if PayPal or a firm turns them down, I really shouldn't take them on as a credit risk. (laughs) But I do. And I'm pretty flexible. And you know what? Most of the time it works out. I have stats on this. I think last year I had maybe it was like something like $9,800 of payment plans that didn't come through, which sounds like a lot. But when you're running at a million dollars a year, it's a low percentage for me. Yeah. Wow. Million dollars a year. Does that sound normal saying that? I mean, I've gotten used to it because I run a program called the Million Dollar Studio (laughs) Program where I try to get people to learn my ways and run it this way. To be fair, this is uh, revenue, not profit. So it does cost me about $600,000 a year to run my business. So I'm taking home, right? So, you know, by the time you pay for the albums and the staff and the rent, right? So just want to be clear, this is a million dollars in revenue, not profit. But yes, I mean, it is really a magnificent number that seems really unattainable. And if you had told me a few years ago that this was possible, I would not have believed you. But when you do the math, it is possible and it can be done. Unreal. I like, like you, you have been an incredible guest, Liz, and you, you mentioned the Million Dollar Studio Program. I was going to talk about that with you. Who is that for? Like, do you have to have a studio? Is it for boudoir photographers only? Like, who does that suit? I created an education and um, coaching program to help photographers do exactly what I do, which is same day sales, outsourcing, automations. We didn't even talk about automations. I have a whole series of email and text automations that go while I'm sleeping, helps get people booked. 
And so I provide all of that in this coaching program. So this is designed for people who want to do portraits or boudoir. This is not for wedding photographers or family photographers, but it would work if you're doing any kind of studio portrait work. And what I do is I basically hand you all of my processes, copy and paste emails, the automations. If you want to sign up for Market Surge, which is the automation program I was telling you about with the phone numbers, it comes preloaded with all of the texts and emails that you need to go out. So you don't have to even write those. It's just there. For, I mean, of course you can edit them, but if you want to use the exact verbiage I use, it's just in there for you. And then you get to meet with me every week where we go live on Friday to help you go through the modules and build the business of your dreams. And we have just seen some really, really incredible success. There's a gal named Rebecca. I just have to like shout her name a little bit because she, when she joined my program, she told me she was only making two to $3,000 a month in revenue in her studio. And she was about to have to give it up because that was not enough to cover her expenses. She joined the program 10 months ago. In November, she brought in $118,000 in revenue at her studio. In November? In November. In one month? <laughs> wow. She had 25 clients. And I said to her, how did you do this, Rebecca? And she said, I just did everything you told me to do in the program. <laughs> so we've just really seen some remarkable results. Boudoir right now is really hot. People are willing to pay luxury prices for good photographers. But photographers have to have the systems in place to make this work because you can have all the clients come to you in the world, but if you don't know how to get them from A to B, you're going to end up with just a headache and a mess and unhappy clients because you don't have the process to help them through from beginning to album delivery. God, yeah. So with the program, do they, they go online and watch video tutorials and then come to the weekly meetup? Yeah, there's um, 250 video tutorials. You can watch me shoot and watch me edit, design albums, all the things. And then also written guides where you can copy and paste all of the things you need to run a Black Friday to start a VIP group. I've got all the prompts that I, so I've got a thousand posts you can throw up in your VIP group to get discussions going. All the emails, 52 weeks of email newsletters to get people excited to come work with you. All of that's in there, copy and paste. Yeah, and then you wow. get to talk to me. Yeah, it's really great. What I've tried to create is an all-inclusive program to really help you do run the business of your dreams. That, of course, since you get time with me is my flagship program. But I did want to mention I do have a free mini course available to anybody if you want to grab that to see what I do. Where do we go to get that? Yeah. MillionDollar.studio slash mini course. So MillionDollar.studio is my site slash mini course. And that you can see where I have my five top selling images and how I create them. Um, and it's me shooting a real client on those videos. You can watch them. I, sh you know, some, some photos sell more than other photos. Right. And I like to sell, I like to shoot what sells. So I'm going to show you in that free mini course, you can see my five um, images that sell the most and how I create them on my really simple sets at my studio. Because I, you know, photographers, you guys are great. You're creative. You love to do things, but sometimes you do stuff that doesn't sell. And I'm like, cool. That picture looks really neat, but did they buy it? Oh, I don't know if they bought it. I don't care. I only care if they bought the photo. That's what makes a good photo. <laughs> Someone bought it. So that's my focus, creating images that sell. So that's what I have in that mini course for you. My five top selling images. So if you're doing your day-to-day -day shoots with your women, your clients, and you introduce a new pose, if that doesn't get bought in the first couple of tries, then you scrap it. Absolutely. And I keep data. I keep data on which poses and which sets sell the most. I'll buy a new set, try it with some people, see how it sells. If it sells, I'll keep doing it. If not, I'll go get something else. 
I do not continue to shoot. There are some things that I really like that don't sell. I just, I just quit shooting it. This isn't about me. This is about the client, what she wants. And here's the thing. Sometimes clients will tell you they love something, but you only know if they really love it, if they vote with their credit card. They, what they buy is what they really actually like. So they, it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they talk about. It's what, how they vote with their credit card means what they actually love. And this is actually great news for a photographer because I think a lot of photographers are like, I don't know if my work is good enough. I don't know if people like it. She didn't write me an email back. I don't know. She didn't put it on her social. I didn't get that many likes. I don't care about any of that stuff. All I care about is what they, how they vote with their credit card. If she bought it, she loved it. I feel good. That's the measure that I use for my success. Simple. It's simple. <laughs> a cold-hearted snake. That's what I am. But really, I'm here to. And sometimes I talk to photographers like, "Oh, I don't like it when my clients bring this kind of an outfit, or when they ask for this or that." And you know, it's just not about me and what I like. I am here to be like I'm, to create something and a moment and some images that the woman who comes to my studio likes. That's my only goal. This isn't about me, you know, and it's not about. If I want to do something fun and artistic, I do that on my own time. Like maybe I, I book some fun thing to do. But when I'm there with a client, she is the queen for the day. She's the royalty for the day. And I am laser focused on what she wants and making her feel a thousand percent like I am just only on her that day. And that's all that matters for the photo shoot. So, so if you if you see that they want to try something or do something or uh, wear something that you don't feel is flattering, will you tell them or you just shoot it and let them decide with their credit card? I mean, a little bit of both. So before the photo shoot, we talk about what they want. We lay out the outfits and I, at that point, will give some opinions, right? So if they let, I'll lay out all the outfits that they bring and I'll offer some suggestions on what that I would pick to shoot in. But then once we've chosen what we're shooting in, then I'm all in, right? And if they bring 10 outfits and I hate all of them, I'm still picking the three or four that I think will look best, right? I mean, I had a gal recently bring a pirate Halloween costume and she's like, I feel sexy in this. I want to shoot. And I'm like, all right, is a pirate Halloween costume my jam? No. Um, I had a gal who was super into like this. Her hobby is to pick up, don't get grossed out, to pick up dead animals from the side of the road and take them home and taxidermy their bones into jewelry. So she had like this <laughs> hair clip made out of deer teeth and a necklace made out of like rats bones. And you know what? We took pictures of that stuff because she loved it, right? Is this my jam? No, but like, I don't care. It's her photo shoot, right? So like whatever they bring that like, is their vibe like i mean i've shot you know people bring in star wars what are those star wars swords called laser beams <laughs> yeah the uh, lightsabers lightsabers i've shot a lot of lightsabers a lot of sports jerseys you know i don't ever shame it i don't ever say you know that won't photograph well i say girl we can make that look great because you know what that's my job that's what i do i make things look great you know that's my job so, you know, I live in Chicago. People bring Cubs jerseys, White Sox jerseys. You know, I had a gal bring in her apron and rolling pin because she loves to bake. I mean, like whatever it is, we're doing it. Um, my only rules are no drugs, no live animals, no minors, no guns. <laughs> uh, before we started recording, we talked about, uh, I asked you things you didn't want to talk about. I think you said guns, religion, Trump, and... <laughs> I can't remember. There's another one. We almost got to those subjects as well. 
<laughs> we almost did. We always, and you know, that is actually an important thing in the boudoir studio. Sometimes people want to bring up controversial topics and, you know, it's, I sometimes am sort of a therapist, right? For those few hours that someone's in the boudoir studio, sometimes they tell me really personal things about their lives. And I am there to just validate and try to love where they are and who they are in that moment. I'm not there to judge. Sometimes people tell me some like stories about their lives that are really heart-wrenching, you know, about abuse or about cheating or about loss, death. And my job is not just as a photographer, but I really feel like for those few hours, my job is to hold that woman's spirit and their life experience and to honor it and to capture it in a way that she will feel like I really understood her. Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing what you do. It really is. And having talked to you for the last hour or so, I get the impression and I'm sure it's true that you would nurture and look after your photography students in, in the same way. I think having talked to you for this hour and listened to what you've shared and the way you run your business, it would be an incredible program for any photographer. And if they just follow what you do, they're going to be like that other photographer you talked about and be successful. Liz, massive thanks for coming on, sharing everything you have. You're an inspiration and I'm truly glad we had this uh, time together. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for letting me share my story. I love talking with people who love to talk business. I really do feel like I'm a business owner first and a photographer second. So if that's something that's interesting to you, I would love to chat. I, I probably don't have a ton to teach you about artistry. I don't have anything to teach anyone really about artistry. But if you want to get into the nuts and bolts about like a system and really making money doing photography, it is available to you. And I just, I wish I had had someone tell me that 10 years ago. I didn't believe it was true. And um, I've been through a lot. I've made a lot of mistakes. And I just want you to know if you're in a place where you're trying to make some money in your photography business and it feels hard, there are ways to increase your processes and your profits. Unreal. Well, Liz, I'm going to link to everywhere that people can find you, including that mini course and your bigger flagship course as well. And I'm sure listeners will be flocking to those links to go and check you out and, and learn more. So again, massive thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks so much for having me. We didn't even talk about gun control. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Liz as much as I did. Liz, if you are listening, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did. What an incredible business you've built and how exciting that you're able to help other photographers do exactly what you've done. So look, again, massive thanks for coming on, sharing what you did. For you, the listener, I do hope there were a ton of takeaways from what Liz had to share. If you would like to learn more from her, go and check out the show notes for today's episode because on that page, I have links to anything and everything that she mentioned, including where you can find her online to chase her up for some training, to see more of her work and to get an even better idea of what she's all about. I've got links to all those things in the show notes. Plus, you'll see examples of her fantastic work. It's all there in that one spot over at photobizx.com forward slash 553. I did mention before we jump into that interview with Liz that there is the upcoming training with Audra Harris. If Audra is a familiar name to you, it's because I have interviewed her for the podcast. She also presented some training on converting your leads into paying clients. Well, I've asked her back to come on and teach us how to sell. It's what she does in her business. She has sold millions of dollars in photography for her photographer clients around the U.S., 
She teaches her staff how to sell the same way that she does. So she is perfectly positioned to teach you how to sell more effectively to your clients. And just like the last training that she presented, this will be no holds barred. She will not be holding back. She will be there to answer your questions, share exactly how she sells and how her staff sell to their photographer clients. There are more details if you head over to photobizx.com forward slash sales. This will be perfect if you do not have a system for the way that you sell, if you struggle with sales, if you get nervous about selling, if you feel like you have to be pushy, if you don't know how to close a sale, she's going to be covering all those things for you and give you a step-by-step process to take your clients through the sales process. And it's not pushy. It's a very strategic and low pressure way to sell by actually helping her clients buy what they actually want to buy for their homes. Now, if you do register for the training before the live training, you get in at the special price of $197. The price will double after the live training. You'll also get access, lifetime access to the standalone course where you'll find the recording and all the accompanying supporting documents to go with that training. You'll have access to Audra as well if you have any follow-up questions afterwards. Plus, you're going to get free access to Joel Dunn's photography pricing course included. So you can actually put together a fantastic price list for your photography business if you don't already have one, and then use Audra's tactics to learn how to sell the products on your price list effectively. So again, more details over at photobizx.com forward slash sales. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Talking about sales, I was in a golf group just the other day and I was put together with a few guys that I didn't know. And one of them happened to be from Switzerland and he is the CEO of a company called DT Swiss. Now, if you are a cyclist, you will be very familiar with that brand. They are a wheel manufacturer based in Switzerland, but they have factories around the world. And I'm talking about a big business with over a thousand employees. They do millions and millions of dollars in sales with their bicycle wheels. And we got to chatting once he found out I was a cyclist and I was obviously excited to talk to him because I'm very familiar with the brand, which are not cheap. They are an expensive brand of wheels. And he was curious, as you'd expect to know what kind of wheels I was riding. Uh, It wasn't a set of his wheels. I had, in fact, recently purchased some expensive wheels, uh, not as big a brand as his. And I could tell that he was curious about why I didn't buy his brand of wheels and he went on to sell me in such a subtle way. It was just beautiful the way he did it and he focused on a couple of things. One of them was safety, which I guess is the the low-hanging fruit. You know, that's one of the reasons why you would want to ride his wheels because of the safety checks that they put in place before each wheel goes out. But he went deeper than that. He went on to talk about the manufacturing process and the fact that with his company, DT Swiss, they produce every part of the wheel within their company. Now, (laughs) I know this may be a little bit boring, but in in a wheel, there are a bunch of different components, you know, from the rims to the spokes to the spoke nipples to the freewheel hub the bearings, and and so on and so on. Each of those little tiny components are manufactured by DT Swiss. This is what he was telling me, which means they are able to control the quality of each of those components. 
And then he went on further to tell me that not only do they control the quality of each of those components, they check them down to the nth degree so far or so much so that they check the tension of every spoke on every wheel and record those measurements and keep them on file. And all this to say that his wheels or the DT Swiss wheels are so, so safe that they are 100% confident that if a rider is coming down the side of a mountain in France, in the Tour de France, doing over 100 kilometers an hour, they know as a company that those wheels are safe. And then he went on to ask me, what about you with your wheels? Like, do you know they are just as safe as my wheels? What would happen if one of the spokes failed on your wheels when you were descending at 80 kilometers an hour, for example? You know, what would the results be? And that's a pretty scary thing to think about. And it is something that every cyclist does think about when they're coming down a hill that fast. All that to say, he didn't sell me on his products. He just pointed out all the beautiful things about his product that made me wish or or want to go out and purchase a set of DT Swiss wheels over the wheels that I currently have. And I think as a photographer, we can do exactly the same thing with our own businesses Without rubbishing the competition, he said he, you know, he could do that, but he wouldn't do that. He'd rather point out the positive aspects of what he does and why it would be or could be so important to his potential consumer, in this case, me. We can do this with our photography businesses so easily without rubbishing the competition and just pointing out all the great things that we can do in our businesses to help our prospective clients that separate us from the competition, in air quotes, without actually you know, bagging out the competition, just stating the things that we do and we do well that could help us connect with our prospective clients and have them wishing or wanting to book us to photograph them. I thought it was a great example from a smart, successful business operator on how to sell a product without actually selling a product. It was really, really sweet. Alrighty, that's enough rambling. I hope you got a ton from today's interview with Liz. Looking forward to seeing you at the sales training with Audra Harris coming up at the end of the month. Please go and check out that registration page at photobizx.com forward slash sales. Otherwise, I hope wherever you are in the world, you are safe, healthy, and well. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest.